It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin. With Kevin Hart. So, the next movie in my Bottom of the Bargain Bin series is The King and I. I love that movie. I think it's Rodgers and Hammerstein's best musical. Incredible set design, acting, dancing. Oh, and that score. I'm unsure why this would be at the bottom of the bargain bin. It's a classic. The only other version I can think of is this recent PBS version, but they literally just filmed the stage musical, so how would that be bad? I mean, it's not like there's a remake or anything. There is a remake? Well, that was common in the 90s to remake older musical movies, so eh, yeah. Warner Brothers. I didn't know that remade this. Well, that's interesting. What? Oh, no. Yes. <coughs> yes, indeed, my friends. Today's review is the blight on musical theater known as the animated version of The King and I. Well, this is slated to come out on Blu-ray soon. It might cost some money, so minus shipping and handling, I paid 50 cents for this. And honestly, I think I want my money back. So, in the mid-90s, when Disney's animated movies were kicking ass, Warner Brothers wanted in on some of that action. They made some okay movies. I mean, Space Jam is probably their most memorable still, but that's half animation, half live-action movie. So Rankin and Bass convinced the Rodgers and Hammerstein organization to let them make an animated version of The King and I with <clears throat> slight changes to the plot. How does this movie fare? Let's take a look. The opening is promising enough. I mean, it actually reminds me of the 1956 movie. But it quickly loses its charm when we see Louis. Louis. Oh, I'm sorry. Louis saving Abu, I mean his pet monkey, from drowning. Okay, then we see the Crowahome is the Prime Minister of Siam, and the King's right-hand man who can use magic to summon a dragon? Hmm. Where have I seen that before? Yes, in addition to being another version of The King and I, this movie also rips off Aladdin Hardcore. Quite unbelievably, honestly. It rips off some of Mulan, too, but this straight-up steals from Aladdin in some places. If you didn't know, Kralahome in the musical is not supposed to be evil and trying to usurp the king, nor is he supposed to have this dumbass sidekick doing his racist Jerry Lewis shtick. When you're the king and I'm the Kralaholo, First, I'm going to change the name. I'm going to have a servant to hit the gong for me. Someone really tall and really stupid. Ow! So back on the boat, this dragon makes Anna and Louis... Louis... Oh, my God. Afraid, so Anna decides to... so happy to... So no one will suspect I'm afraid. Now in the musical... Simply, Louis is afraid of moving to Siam, and he's uneasy, and Anna comforts him. For when I fool the people I fear, I fool myself as well. I whistle a happy tune, and every single time... But here? Well, 
I guess this is just one of those <clears throat> slight changes. After that debacle, the plot is actually pretty similar to the original, just with some unfunny hijinks thrown in to give the kids something to look at. But then we meet the king, and that's when it really hits the fan. They blatantly throw in this Aladdin joke, the, you know, the whole one jump ahead bit near the beginning of that movie. Yeah, they put that in there, just for a little bit of fun, because someone has fruit on their head. Great! Also, we're introduced to Tuptim, one of the king's many wives in the original. But, since this is a kid's movie, she's just... A slave, I guess. Alright. In the original and in real life, since King Monkut was, of course, a real person, the king was seen as a scientific man, even though he has some bumbling culture clashes with Anna. He is very smart and revered by his people. They took scientific a little too literally because he is a full-on lab with beakers and test tubes. Uh, like, come on... With Tuptim no longer being the king's wife, we're introduced to the crown prince Chulalongkorn, who is combined with Longta, Tuptim's original love interest. Chulalongkorn is usually played by a kid the same age as Louis. Louis. Oh my goodness. But the aforementioned PBS production actually has him as a young adult, so that's not that big of a deal. And trust me, least of this movie's problems. So, Jafar. Uh, my bad. So. Kralahome wants Louis, 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 oh my god, Louis, he wants Louis to get hurt, so hopefully Anna blames the king and tells the British he's a savage and they force him out. This change of motivation means key scenes from the original have to be rewritten or reworked entirely, making for some truly horrible parts. Uh, take the king's solo song, A Puzzlement, for example. The king's basically having this inner monologue, and to the audience, how the world is changing around him. He's unsure of how to parent his son, the possibility of outdated tradition, and he faces the very real possibility of being taken over and losing his power. It's an amazing song, and Yul Brenner does an amazing job and really could do it flawlessly in his sleep at this point. But in this movie, he's praying to Buddha, which he does do that in the song, so sure, but kids need something fun to look at, so the Kralahome with his magic powers makes these statues move and try to sneak up on him and kill him. And the king's pet panther, yes, he has a pet panther again, movies for kids, kind of a cute little whatever, whatever, he's trying to get him to notice. A perfectly good moment, that doesn't need much, and is ruined by putting too much on the screen. So, as you can tell, aside from literally shoehorning in some of the songs and copying some of the shots in the movie exactly, this has very little to do with the original source material. They really just wanted to make their own Aladdin and failed miserably. Like Princess Jasmine is a tiger? Here! Tuptim has an elephant. Jafar has an annoying sidekick. Kralahome gets Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Aladdin is shirtless, has black hair, and he, he grabs his neck when he's shy. You know what? That's crazy. Our guy does that exact same thing, too. Dragon? Yep, you bet. The two lovebirds flying through the air while they sing their duet. Hey, why not? The love song sung by a pop artist over the credits. We got that, too. I actually like it in this version. These songs... Oh man, oh my god. Okay, Whistle a Happy Tune and Puzzlement are probably the worst offenders, but Shall We Dance is pretty bad, too. They do it twice in this version. It's only supposed to be at the end. The... Ladder version in this one is about the same as they do in the original movie. The first one they do, Anna is singing and dancing with her dead husband. What? Who thought this was a good idea? Then they do Getting to Know You by Walking Through Siam. Okay, that's not terrible, but 
it, it takes the focus away, and you think, think the kids don't have any attention span, and all right, you got to have something on the screen, whatever. The only song that's done well, aside from Barbra Streisand at the end, of course, is Shall I Tell You What I Think of You, which is done how it's done on stage, with nothing. It's just her mad at the king throwing her clothes around. Same thing she does. And funny enough, this song is the only one they do well is actually cut out of the movie. The original movie did not have this song. They filmed it and just left it on the cutting room floor. The following song, Something Wonderful, is cut because Lady Tiang, one of the main characters, is not in this movie at all. They just cut her out too. So, missing from this movie is also the through line of Tuptum's character and her disdain for the king. In the original, she's given a copy of Uncle Tom's cabin, and Tuptum's plight ends up being very similar to Eliza's, so much so that she writes a traditional Siamese ballet of the book called Small House of Uncle Thomas and performs it for the visiting English. Now, Lady Tiang knows Tuptum is seeing Lung Ta, and she's displeased but helps out with the show anyways. The king thinks it's to show the British how cultured they are, but Tuptim is really crying out to the king in this ballet about how much she hates him. She even addresses him directly. Unfortunately, she and Lung Ta are captured after they run off. As Lung Ta is trying to run away, he dies, and it's implied that upon hearing that he's dead, Tuptim kills herself. Now, that depth and character development are surely in this version, right? <laughs> No, of course not. No, no, no ballet. No Lady Tiang, no nothing. The king chases the two in a hot air balloon, and Louis almost gets killed by a giant spider. Yep. Ah, oh, boy. The Kralahome gets caught and has to shovel elephant poop with Master Little, that's actually his name, for the rest of his life. So, how does this movie end? Well, you know, it's pretty bold for them to leave in the original ending where the king dies. I mean, Anna realizes how much she meant to the king, and she's by his side while he dies. Psych! That doesn't happen. <laughs> Just kidding, no. In this version, the king lives. They dance. The end. That's it. It's the whole movie. What a terrible mess of a movie. Oh, my God. <sighs> Gone are the interesting characters. Gone are the believable relationships. Gone is the awesome choreography and the meaningful reasoning for songs to be where they are. Gone is the original vision by Rodgers and Hammerstein. And gone is any historical significance. I, I know the musical isn't exactly historically accurate, but Anna and the King were real people, and at least the musical's grounded in reality with period-appropriate sets and situations. I could never recommend this garbage to anybody. Never watch this movie. Get the original or the filmed PBS version instead. <laughs>